Yeah, and people say that, oh, millennials and Gen Z, they're all about convenience and they're lazy and blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's because I'm one of them, but I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting things to be easier. Like, that's the point of progress is we, we should make things easier for ourselves and for others. And so with social justice, it took me a long time to get involved and to see myself as someone that even could be a social justice leader because I always felt that I didn't know enough or that I wasn't going to enough protests or all of these other reasons and I just think we need to question like social justice is difficult but it doesn't always have to feel hard and intimidating and I think if we want more people to join the fight against you know climate change and racial injustices and gender inequality i argue that we should make it easier and we should make it bite-sized and we should even make it fun and i'm not saying that like that means we should not take these issues seriously but i just think we need kinder spaces on the internet and in real life where people that don't consider themselves activists can still come and learn and make a difference and I just feel like there's this whole competition of who's the most woke. And I think that's really damaging when you're trying to get more people involved in your movement. So yes, what's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Redefine Print. The show. Um, I just want to, you know, give you a couple updates because I know I haven't been updating the podcast regularly, but I've been creating, you know, I've been doing lives, I've been going, doing IG lives, I've been doing Facebook lives, and I'm going to repurpose all of that content for those that just listen to the to the audio. I don't know how many there are. I also got the video coming. I've been recording damn near every podcast that I've that I've done. Um, I guess the last 20 probably or more have video elements so i need to outsource the editing for that so it can be on a youtube page and everything but i'm just um just letting y'all know some updates to let you know that i'm still going to be doing a podcast but it's just you know just has to make sense now um the numbers are uh the, the video numbers are killing the podcast numbers i can't lie so i mean just the audio numbers so but i know you got we gotta have the omni-channel approach so I'm trying to figure out like what makes sense because I got like four podcasts in the can um, that, you know, got to go up eventually. Um, I'm going to get back on a weekly. It's just that I've been, been swapped with, you know, entrepreneurship, flipping these cryptocurrencies, looking at these stocks and just with life, man. But I'm still here, man. And um, if you find it in your heart, you know. Think about becoming a uh, supporter of the show. Thank you to Edward, Wal- Edward Walsh. He's been uh, he's he's the day one supporter. He's the well, he's the first supporter. I was a day one supporter, but he's the first supporter outside of the myself that that came up with some cash. Um, and when you're looking at the uh, the text message, I mean not the text message, the the uh, the show notes. You know, please go support the restaurant that he he supports. I'm going to have all the links. Please follow me on all social media because, uh, you know, now it's becoming um, shout out. Shout out to Ramel at Truck and Hustle over there. He told me a long time ago, like so before I was doing, I was just having fun with it. I'm still having fun with it. But 
it's taking more and more time so i gotta monetize this thing somehow some way so we're you know we're working on what makes sense to keep you uh you know to bring this content but also to uh to see like where's the value at if there's value here i'm not saying that if i don't make money i want to stop but i would like to make money doing this because it's just like i said it's taking too much time it's you know it's time it's gas time away from the family it's upgrading the equipment it's you know the guests that come on it's, it's it's buying subscription services to different things so all these things cause money and i'm not saying you know um i'm going to stop but you know it has to make sense for me now like because 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 it's i'm doing more and more and i'm, I'm definitely enjoying the the process but you know i have to figure out on my end the back end how does this make sense with my life my brand my company um my companies so you know gotta figure it out but I'm, I'm gonna get there i mean i'm still new in the podcast game but was what just wanted to give an update to y'all i'm fully vaccinated um i got good good episodes coming up that are in the can i got some great um guests that are lined up that are scheduled and we're gonna keep this thing moving man uh thanks for riding with me if you again if you like this podcast please like rate review and share tell a friend to tell a friend and if you find it in your heart um you know think about becoming a supporter you know you could become a supporter by uh sponsoring episodes you can also i'm getting the patreon up so look for that in the show notes show notes you could text me um getting um I'm getting, like I said, I'm getting sponsorships. I'm going to Patreon. I've been had the Patreon, but I'm going to start rocking with it. And we're just feel, finding a way to create our own lane and have our own network, have our own channel so that you can continue to follow me and my growth. Um, but that's all I have. So this episode coming up is with Nivy. I'm not going to even attempt to. Nivy Achanta, that's how you pronounce it. Nivy Achanta with the soapbox soapbox project this was a great episode it was it was a, a quick one it was like 30 minutes she's gonna come back but she's a great person um or her if you don't know the soapbox project is basically like it's a social media um not social media social justice initiative company that informs you of social justice issues in bite-sized formats and she explains it all in the episode um, so, you know, sit back, tune in and, you know, let me know what you think. All right. Peace. All right. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Redefine Print, the show. I have a very, 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 very special guest uh, from the Soapbox Project. She's an activist. She's a, uh, you're a writer. Yeah. Uh, social media maven, I guess. Um, you have a great um, email blast that everyone should read. We have Nivy of the Soapbox Project. How are you? I'm well, I'm good. I'm bad. I'm all the things, but I'm I'm getting through it, and I'm really really excited to be here on the show. Thank you, and thank you for taking the time out to uh, to stop by. We've been trying to do this for like over a month now, right? Trying to get yeah. the schedules together. <laughs> it's been over mm. a month, but like two months now. So I finally got you on. So let's hop right into it. Cause I know before the the, 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 the sound and everything started recording, you said, if we got to continue to talk, we can 
schedule another one. But give the people a brief introduction to who you are, because I don't know if I gave it. Ju- I know I didn't give it justice. So let you you give it justice. <laughs> no, you you hyped me up. So yeah. yeah, I'm Nivia Chanta. I'm the founder of Soapbox Project, and so. As Jatravius kind of mentioned, we are making social impact easy for busy people. We're starting with climate change and racial justice. But really the vision is right now when you want to get involved in your community and you want to take action, it's really hard. Like unless you're a full-time activist or a nonprofit leader or something like that, it can be really difficult to do the research, figure out where to donate, figure out what to vote on, like all of those things. And so... I, before starting Soapbox, I was working in a full-time job and I had good intentions, but I found myself really not doing anything positive because it felt so overwhelming. So through Soapbox Project, we're really, really hoping to solve that. And so that's 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 what I do. And then besides that, for fun, um, during COVID, I've gotten really into baking bagels because I love <laughs> bagels. So that's been my way to recharge. Got you. And how did, where, where are you from originally? Yeah, so I was born in India, but I grew up in the U.S. most of my life. I kind of bopped around between Florida and Oklahoma. I don't really remember it because I was a kid. Um, I spent most of my childhood, though, growing up in San Jose, California. So I did like most of high school there. And I went to college at, at UC Davis. So I've been mostly a California girl. And right now I'm, I'm, I'm calling in from Seattle. So I just moved. Yeah, Seattle. I saw that you based in Seattle. Yeah, UC Davis. I didn't know you went to UC Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, quick story. It. Yeah, it's not about me. It's about you. But I, um, I when I was juggling whether I was going to get a JD or a PhD, like UC Davis was like one of my one number one schools for the uh, for the PhD program. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. That's just, it's a great school, I and love their, it, their uh, their law school is named after. A civil rights leader. I don't know who it is off off top of my head. Um, yeah. But anyway, this is about you. <laughs> so let's get right into it. What event broke the camel's back to get you into this social justice lane? Yeah, so the camel was getting straws piled on and piled on. But Really, so I I was working at Accenture, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it is a massive global tech consulting firm, and there's like half a million employees. So it is your typical what you can imagine when you think of like a corporate job and being a cog in the wheel. And there was a lot of turning points, but one of them was in 2018, we had the worst wildfires in California. And so as you might've heard, it destroyed this town called Paradise and it really ravaged like, you know, a bunch of small towns in Northern California. And my partner actually lost his home and his whole family was displaced. And meanwhile, I was working in this corporate job at Accenture in this like downtown San Francisco building. And I just felt so... I guess, I don't know, like discouraged about this huge gap between these fires burning three hours away and then me just, I guess, like sitting on my butt and not doing anything. So that was one major turning point that made me realize like I have a lot of power as an individual, as an employee, as a citizen, and I'm not doing enough with it. So that was the turning point. And then I actually went full time on Soapbox around six months ago and 
it wasn't honestly my decision. It was because I got laid off from Accenture, mm. but it was a long time coming. And I'm, I'm really glad that I just stuck to my guns and decided to keep going on Soapbox instead of finding another job and getting back into that trap. Mm-hmm. And Soapbox, are you, um, I guess I should, I should have researched this, but I didn't know what was going to come up. Are you a nonprofit? We're not a nonprofit. We are okay. a for-profit company. We don't have okay. any fancy certifications right now, but I would think about it as like a public benefit corporation. I need to figure out how to actually register. And so there's like a few different reasons why we decided to go that route. But the main one was what we're doing with Soapbox. I really want to be able to scale it locally. So, you know, when we talk about I'm going to make social impact easy for busy people, That looks different when you live in California or Seattle or New Jersey or, you know, Ghana or Hyderabad, India or anything. And so in order to scale to the levels that I'm hoping for, I decided that in the future, a venture backed corporation would be the best way. So I'm still really figuring out the journey. I don't have any of the answers, but that's kind of the rationale between, you know, nonprofit versus for profit versus all all of the fancy corporate structure stuff. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's cool to that you don't have it figured out, right? That's that's <laughs> all part of the journey. Um, and the reason I ask this is because I, I like I said, I know you're you're working, so you could be a social justice enterprise for profit. And um, a lot of people don't know that. Like, so when, when people contact me, like the first thing is they want to do like the social good. They always ask like, uh, I want to form a nonprofit, and I'm like. Nonprofit is a lot more work than a for-profit corporation. <laughs> like it, and nothing stops you from doing nonprofit work for, as a for-profit company. So that's always the conversation. Um, yeah, I yeah, have. definitely. And and the other thing is too that I don't want people to think about the work that we're doing as just charity. You know, like social justice isn't just about donating or volunteering and then feeling good about yourself. It like, I want people to think about this as an investment in their community. Like, you think yeah. about other businesses as investments and that you're spending money in the right place. And I think social justice should be seen as the same thing. We're not just, you know, donating to a group of people and doing charity work. What we're trying to do is rebuild and strengthen our communities. And that requires money and time and investment. And I, I guess, like, it didn't even click until right now, but that's like another reason why I'm I'm a supporter of the for-profit model. Not as the only model, but I think it's it's important to have that discussion. Yeah, and then like I said, it's you're still you're still young, like physically in in as far as like uh, you know your business uh, thing too. So um, there's nothing that's going to stop you from creating a nonprofit in the future if that lines up with your vision, right? <laughs> I had to go to the library back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people say that, oh, millennials and Gen Z, they're all about convenience and they're lazy and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's because I'm one of them, but I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with wanting things to be easier. Like that's the point of progress is mm-hmm. we we should make things easier for ourselves and for others. And so with social justice, it took me a long time to get involved and to see myself as someone that even could be a social justice leader because I always felt that I didn't know enough or that I wasn't going to enough protests or all of these other reasons. And 
I just think we need to question like social justice is difficult, but it doesn't always have to feel hard and intimidating. And I think if we want more people to join the fight against, you know, climate change and racial injustices and gender inequality, I argue that we should make it easier and we should make it bite-sized and we should even make it fun. And I'm not saying that like that means we should not take these issues seriously, but I just think we need kinder spaces on the internet and in real life where people that don't consider themselves activists can still come and learn and make a difference. And I just feel like there's this whole competition of who's the most woke. And I think that's really damaging when you're trying to get more people involved in your movement. So what I'm trying to do really is like, I I wrote these bite-sized action plans initially just for myself because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like there was any other place where someone was telling me, hey, it's okay that you don't know the answers. Here's just like a little tiny dose of information and here's what you could do. And so I, I couldn't find that anywhere else. So I just started writing them and it turns out that a lot of other people need a similar type of low commitment entry point and then they can like come and grow with us and decide how to get more involved in other opportunities wow yeah that's i love i love that about that because every time i get it in my uh, my inbox i'm like and i click on it i know that it's just gonna be boom 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 it's not gonna be some long drawn out story with the it's like quick fast and to the point either i'm gonna take action or i'm not i think that's actually one of like your taglines is like something with action right and it's What's the tagline that you use in your emails? In our emails, I, I don't know. We say like social impact for busy people a lot. For busy people, there you yeah. go. Social impact for busy people, there you yeah. go. Yeah. And it's uh, like, I think long form content is great if if you already are bought into it. Like I subscribe to a few newsletters where it's like a whole thing about lithium batteries and it's really mm. complicated. But I would never want to read that until I already cared about the issue and so I'm just trying to create that bite-sized entry point so that people can you know keep learning and keep growing okay so what what is it like so the show is read the fine print so I always say like people get jammed up by not reading the fine print <laughs> of the contract right it's it's it's, it's the, the fine print is there so I, I just expanded it to like the things that we should talk about or that we don't talk about enough when it comes to whatever it is. So what are like the fine principles? What are the things that people should know about creating and sustaining a social movement that's not talked about as often enough? Because you hit on one thing, but I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get into it. Like the whole I'm woken, I'm, I'm more woke than you battle. But mm-hmm. I'm going to let you answer the question. Yeah, that's one. The other thing that I didn't realize is in the beginning of my journey, I was doing a lot of these individual actions you know, like here's a thing that you can find out if you leave your devices plugged in, how much energy is it using? And individual actions are great. I'm not saying we should stop doing them, but something that I failed to do in the beginning was see how my work connected to larger systems. And I think that is like the most common fine print that's missed. It's kind of ironic because it shouldn't be fine print. It's like staring all of us in the face. But when we are our society and like the work that we do and everything kind of makes it hard for us to zoom out and see things as connected because, you know, America is such an individualistic place. And so we're very, very focused in our own lifestyles. So it took me probably almost a year 
after writing the newsletter to just shift my thinking to be more more systems focused. And I see this in a lot of other environmental newsletters that I read specifically where people talk about their topics, but they fail to connect it to bigger systems. So I think that's the thing that is missed the most. And then I think the second thing is just like, we need to talk about making these movements more approachable. I, I really, really mm. think that's like not a big enough conversation. Approachable, dig into that. More approachable. What do you mean by that? Social justice is intense. And I, and a, a lot of it has to be intense, right? Like I think Sunrise Movement is a good example of this where they... they so for those of you who don't know, Sunrise Movement's a very large and effective group for young people to take action on climate. And so they do like sit-ins and protests and all, and all of these amazing things, but that isn't for everyone. And everyone isn't going to like just start writing letters to politicians or calling politicians. And so I think there's just this idea that if you want to get involved in social justice, you have to do, you know, A, B, and C things, but there's not enough of a conversation on like, what do you do with all the middle ground of people that kind of want to make a difference, but either they're scared or they feel like they don't know enough. And so by more approachable, I just think we need more resources for people in the beginning of their journey, or even just people that feel like they don't have enough time to, you know, show up at a protest or spend 30 minutes writing a letter is like, how can we bring those people into these movements because they they want to take action and we all want to work together for stronger communities. But basically I just think we need more options for people with less time and less resources to show up, be accepted as they are. And also like emphasize that social justice is a journey and you don't have to be perfect. I think it's really ironic that a lot of the Facebook groups and Slack groups and especially with the environmental world, People demand perfection, and I think that's really counterproductive and makes social justice less approachable. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the the demand for perfection. I, I deal a lot with this with my with my corporate clients, right? And it's just like, man, one of my my one of my good friends slash cousins slash clients told me like, uh, you just got to get out there. He said. Microsoft releases updates all the time to the system. <laughs> so they're not, if they're not getting it right at this point, there's no way that he was talking about me that I'm going to get it right the first time. It's like you just for, you just keep striving and updating the system as you see fit. Um, and, you know, oftentimes perfection becomes like the enemy of, of progress. Right? Yeah, totally. And this is like, you know, it's just, we could talk about this all day. I know we're coming up to the end though. Uh, are you going to come back on? Because I want you back on so we can have Yeah, I would love to. I think even on this conversation, a few things have clicked for me. Yeah. Like, you know, just thinking more about what approachability looks like and what mm -hmm. we need to talk about more. I'm more than happy to come back on. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I really appreciate you digging into this idea of what is the fine print that, that we need to have more conversations around. And one one last question. I think I got five minutes. One last question. Yeah, I, I yeah, really want to end. So talk if you can, because I've said this, but I'm the old guy now. Like talk about this this battle of who is the most woke. If you can, in five minutes, and not we can pause it and bring it back another time. Yeah, no, I I think I got it. 
So I saw this a lot on my college campus with with Davis, and I see this a lot with language, especially because terms are evolving, concepts are evolving, like, you know, with LGBTQ rights, for example, and it's easy to make mistakes. And I think the way that we, I think within the social justice space, there's this, I don't know where this idea comes from, but I think people feel like they get rewarded for knowing the most or being the most woke. And I think that the most effective leaders I know don't do that. One example for me is AOC with her Instagram lives and stuff. Like no matter what what your opinions are on her, she is really good at explaining complex concepts very simply. Whereas some of these other people, the ones that I think can discourage people from joining, their whole identity comes from being right. And that comes from like claiming the most wokeness. So these are the types of people that if you you know, get something wrong with gender pronouns, for example, instead of calling you in and correcting you, they resort to shame or they resort to just like, I I don't know exactly how to explain this, this archetype, but I see it a lot on the internet of just people, instead of opting for a productive conversation where the other person is presented with a learning opportunity, they use the interaction to shame and to show that like, oh, you didn't know this or, oh, like you made a mistake. So you're a bad person. And I, I do absolutely think that we can, can and should correct people when they make a mistake. But I think this competition for who gets to be the most woke is, is destructive because it prevents progress. And I think instead this culture, this like, yeah, this culture should be replaced with calling people in and asking questions and listening actively and seeing how we can correct people without trying to make ourselves feel better. And I think a lot of social justice movements, at least the ones that like the spaces that I've been part of, it's very easy for me to tell what's a positive space and what's a negative space because the positive spaces give room for you to mess up and they give room for you to be corrected in a kind way and learn from your mistakes and the negative spaces are just full of arguments and full of people just like citing their own facts and making it all about them so basically I think the biggest thing that I see with this idea of like the wokeness battle is the emphasis on being right versus actually wanting to make progress and I'm sure I could explain it much better in the future but this is still something that I'm thinking about now, that was a great answer. You gonna name names? Nah, I don't name names. I'm, I'm, with you. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna name names. Nah, I don't name like, names. I'm just joking with you. You can see yeah. this a lot with. Yeah. I think veganism is like the biggest culprit, right? <laughs> is like, I just it, it's just so destructive because if you tell someone you are bad because you drink milk, they're not gonna listen to you. I even if all the facts are on your side, if you go up to someone. And you're like, you're bad and I'm good. It, like that, At that point, the conversation becomes about you wanting to be morally superior instead of you giving the other person a path towards action. And so when I wrote about veganism for Soapbox a year ago, I was very scared because I had such a bad experience with these vegan communities. And I am vegetarian, so I didn't want people to be like, oh, Nivy's just being self-righteous. But what I said, I presented some facts and I was like, okay, maybe you could start with eating one less beef or eating one less meat meal. So many people replied to that email saying, oh, I didn't know that 
you know, my beef consumption was bad. And so I opted for when one person said I opted for a turkey burger. And in that one, I felt like that one interaction was so much more effective than me being like, everyone should be vegetarian, just like me. And you're bad if you're not. Got you. All right. That was a great example. So we can end it on that. Tell people where they can find you and how how can they help? Yeah, for better or for worse, I'm very public on the internet. So me personally, I can be found anywhere at Nivea Chanta. But if you want to follow Soapbox, I highly, highly encourage you to sign up for our action plans. As we talked about there, they take you less than three minutes to read. I try to make them really fun and you can find them at soapboxproject.org. And so I really encourage you to sign up, ask questions. I won't be mean to you, I promise. So if you have been wanting to get involved in fighting climate change or making a social impact, but you've kind of been on, on the fence and been nervous, this is absolutely the place for you to come in and make a difference. And we will be here at soapboxproject.org whenever you're ready. Thank you, Nivy. Thank you again for coming on the show and explaining and you I got you on record you said you're coming back so <laughs> until the I'm next down. time yeah yeah, yeah until the, I'm gonna hold you to that you know I'm gonna hold you to that right good yeah. <laughs> and so until the next time everybody if you like this please like rate review and share and if you uh follow Nivy in the soapbox and if you feel it in your heart become a don donor or um advertise it on on this podcast I think it's gonna be video too so um like I guess the Smash what they say, the thumbs up. I got to <laughs> smash that like button. <laughs> smash the like button. And um, until the next time, uh, y'all be good good out there and don't be on no veganism-ish. <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with your, uh, and, and calm down on the wokeness and just focus on learning versus being right. Until the next time, peace.